You can find more information, photos and advice sheets on all the plants and recipes we talk about on this podcast by heading to the show notes or at sarahraven.com forward slash podcast. Welcome to Grow, Cook, Eat, Arrange, the podcast of me, Sarah Raven. And today, somebody I've admired for a long time from afar, who is Arit Anderson. And Arit is one of those people who I've seen her chairing and comparing talks. And I've seen her gardens at Chelsea, which we're going to come on to. But I just want to give a sort of greater context. Oh, well, first of all, welcome, Arit. Very rude not to... (laughs) Oh, that's okay, Sarah. You crack on. (laughs) Um, So we have a very close friend in common. And it's a sort of nice story in a way, which is, um, I think probably now about 15 or 20 years ago, I got a letter from two people in the Netherlands saying, would I go over and be a sort of guest at a daily affair where not only were we going to look at lots of daily varieties, but we were going to eat dahlias in all their forms. We were going to eat dahlia tubers for lunch. We were going to eat dahlia petals. We were going to have dahlia jelly. We were going to have dahlias in all its forms. Anyway, that is how I met Kreen von Boxtel, who has become a great friend and who I, uh, whenever I go to Holland, I tend to either stay with her or we travel around the dahlia and tulip trial fields together. Anyway, she has now become a great friend of Arit's, and that is how we have been put in contact. So Arit was in fashion, and you all know about her, but I'm just going to give her a sort of potted biog. She was in fashion, and she's a very, very stylish lady. And then I think, just like all of us, as she got a bit older, <laughs> she, <laughs> she got into her garden and went off to Capel and did their garden design course and very quickly became very successful and well-known and had a a garden at Hampton Court that did incredibly well and then more recently has had a garden at Chelsea. So will you you just tell us a little bit about your your history, Arit, and just kind of what got you into gardening and why you like it and those sorts of things? Absolutely. Well, Sarah, thank you for that lovely intro and uh, yes, it it is one of those situations, isn't it, where you know someone, but you don't know someone. I feel like I've known you for all the time I've been in the gardening world and never actually had a proper sit down chat. So this is brilliant. Yeah. Really, really good. So it is that classic, get older, get a garden. You know, I was in a flat before yeah. and um, wanted more space. And I hadn't gardened before that. I really hadn't. I am classically the girl that used to like going to gardens, visit gardens, watch my friend's garden, watch my sister who's a gardener. Mm. And she'd send me for my raised first four floor flat, she'd send me a window box. <gasps> and I would obligatorily call her periodically, it's not working. What do you mean it's not working? It's dead. And she said, what have you done to it? Sounds like Nothing. my children. Well, that's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, does she go, all right, it does need water. Really? <laughs> so, I mean, I had an appreciation for all things living, but not obviously realising how you have to care for them. So, um, so when I got this garden of mine in 2010, yeah, and I moved in in the September, and that was kind of good because sister had already said to me, well, you need to leave the garden for a year anyway, see what happens. I was like, yeah, 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 that's fine because we've got to do a little bit of painting in the house. Did that, got to March, 
nothing's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Typical Virgo, nothing's happening. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. And there was a little butler sink down the bottom of the garden that had just been left because this garden was literally a very classic Victorian, I live in a Victorian house, yeah. or, you know, little lawn and skinny strips of border, which at that to me at that time was obviously amazingly massive, great big space. Yeah. So I get this butler sink, plonk some herbs in it and go literally, Sarah, go downstairs the next day. Oh, they're still there. <laughs> this is good. This is good. So this is good. And I put a couple Whoa. more in. And then, of course, go to the garden centre and things are in flower. Yeah. So guess what? Bring them home. You know, I like this. And I think obviously it was coming into spring. So I definitely I remember these ranunculus. I love those and some anemones. And, and I bought some pots. And, of course, looking back now, the little fashion moment in me, oh, I wanted grey, grey yes. pots because I really liked how they – I like. I could see how they were really making the planting. And I – just this was, yes, when would this have been? 2011, yeah. So I've gone through the whole of that season just becoming more and more into it because the whole plan was supposed to be my sister come and did the garden. Yeah. I would deadhead with a glass of wine. That was the most <laughs> gardening I thought I would waft. I would waft. Yeah. And she never came up and did that. So when she came up in the July to meet me at Hampton Court, she walked into my garden and was like, oh my gosh, you've done all this. Now, if I showed you pictures, you would be a little bit like, now we'd go, really? Is that all you did? But she was amazed that I had gone into this, I created pop families and container families, and I'd nibbled out the, the lawn. I, there's pictures of where I, I'd sprayed, got the lawn, you know, sprayed out the lawn, run yeah. upstairs. Oh, no, I can take out more, run back downstairs, take off the lawn. And that was how the to start because I wanted to obviously realize that these borders weren't great, yeah. uh, weren't big enough. And I and, and again, there's all those little things that you remember as a beginner, beginner gardener where I, there was this, when I'd gone there, I don't even, to this day, actually, I don't even know what the shrub was. Do you know? But all I remember, I don't remember, there was this shrub at the back, I had a shed in the corner, in the far uh, left corner, as you look down the garden. And there was this big shrub thing. And I just remember going, oh, that's, that's taken up a lot of space. Yeah. Because it was just at the back got it out and then realized, ah, always look behind. Because then I was left, <laughs> I was left with hideous. this really corrugated, hideous, not even fence. I was like, ah, okay. So that that's a note to sell. So it kind of all started like that, really, very patchwork. And my sister was very impressed that I what I'd done. And they and at this concurrently to that, there was some changes that were going to go on at work. They were making redundancies. At that stage, I think I was 44. And I'd always said I wouldn't be doing fashion at 50. Yeah. And so when the redundancies come around, I was like, well, that's come around a bit early. But okay, that's fine. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to do something else. And I actually thought I would, I was like, that's it. What am I enjoying now? I'm enjoying gardening. And and I just thought, and I think, you know, as especially as ladies know, we get to a certain age and there's change going on. Yeah. So I realized that I'd need to think about the future. That's the first time I'm properly thinking, what's going to sustain you through the future that you like? And I thought, well, I love my garden at the moment. And my sister was like, um, yeah, look, I think, yeah, okay, you could do guard, be a gardener, Arich. But I think that there's probably a little bit more flair in there and you could, why don't you do design? And of course, I I, I didn't even really think about that. And that's why when I went to Capel in the 2012, I remember waking up because uh, my redundancy was at the end of 2011 and waking up on January 1, 
of 2012 going, right, I'm going to be a gardener or garden designer. And on the 2nd of January going, I don't know anything. (laughs) (laughs) What am I going to do? And my sister, bless her, she took me on the 18th. And I say the 18th of January because I know that because um, it was her birthday. It was actually, it was her big birthday, her 50th. Okay. And she took, and she's a twin. (gasps) So my other twin sister had to forego Michelle taking me up to David Austin for a a rose, one of the sort of day rose courses and you know, and it, it's funny because you remember all of that. And I always try to keep that in my bones, you know, when people are sort of say about gardening and things like that, because I came to it later. Yeah. All the wonderful people like yourself and uh, David Austin and all of these people that I just thought how um, I, I don't, number one, I don't have the time. I've lost that time. I'm never going to have that experience. And to, And to come into an industry which is, very vast and so much to learn yes. and so many amazing people I just didn't really know if I'd ever have a place in it to be honest yeah. I really I really didn't yeah so it it has been um every single year has been a different moment in my life I've got to be honest yeah but it isn't long isn't it I mean 2012 to now you know so so you know only just over a decade that's amazing yeah. and so then so you did capel and then straight away you you got some commissions and started doing a bit of design work and then how did you get onto the telly then because you started with garden rescue didn't you well the the telly thing so what happened, I had done a show garden. Well, I say show garden. It was like an installation at, in 2013. It was a year. We were only wow. first-year students. First yeah, year. Me and two, yeah, me and two other students. So there was three of us. And we it was in our, literally at the end of our first year. Yeah, because it would have been the May. And, and we had the opportunity to apply for this competition. And we said, yeah, come on, let's do it. And I... In in my other life as well, I have also been an event manager. Okay, so I they, they had more. Yeah, all of this was coming together. So they had obviously a lot more plant skill than me because they'd already been gardening. So I was the organizer. Come on, with yeah. the Gantt charts, and we're going, you know, yeah. and we yeah. got the application. And so that was our first insight, I guess, into the world of design and yeah. and, and seeing that. So we did that, and then went and finished college I mean for the first year in my college I was still doing retail as well I was <gasps> running around yeah I was running Gosh. around with a drawing board in the back of the car but going down to am I allowed to say names of, of yes. people it was a and q I was working at B&Q's head office um doing training doing retail training but at night trying to do my homework and getting Gosh. my partner to do my ring my plant idents as I'm driving <laughs> all of that so there was this very blended world going on But when it got to me, by the time I'd finished college in 2015, I then was like, okay, this is too mad. I've got to be in one world or the other because it was crazy. And then I did the show garden that you mentioned in 2016. Now, that got televised. I remember driving up Uh, the M6. Yeah, you see, that's the BBC rang me. I'm driving up to the the M6 to go and see the the sculptor who was doing um, my art pieces for the garden. And I get this call, Arit, we are considering you. There's no promises. There's no promises, <laughs> but you have been shortlisted to have your garden televised. I don't know how I didn't crash, Sarah, because I was, <laughs> I was, I was so, 
oh my gosh and I was like okay no I understand don't worry if it doesn't but thank you so much for considering me so it did get televised and they did a backstory yeah the little backstory and then and then on on the garden and and Joe Swift I remember interviewing me and there is that side of me that's oh that was okay that wasn't too bad. That worked. And um, because, as, as I'm sure you, you know, you're aware as well, when you're starting out, it does take a long time to, to build a business. I realized, I remember at college them saying, it takes time. And I'm going, oh, everybody says that. I'm sure it's okay. It takes time. Yeah. I'm, still, I'm still taking the time. But because of that, and I think there's a little bit of a fearless have a go in me. Yeah. And then I think about things, throw the ball, and then afterwards I go, oh, how did I get myself in that? So I, I rang the. <laughs> we yeah, share, we just, share that. Yeah, just just do it, <laughs> just and then you realise. Yeah. Get on with it, and then you go. Oh, how did that work? Yeah. So the the um, I rang the BBC, sort of saying, um, "Are there any openings?" Because in my mind, it was not about wanting fame. I had not ever thought about being on telly. Yeah. What I saw was an opportunity because I used to teach when in my retail world. I used to teach. And I just found it, thought it would be another way of converting that teaching opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and they rang back and it was Garden as well that I started on in 2017. Mm. And, and literally a year later, they, they backstoried me coming out of the Hampton Court scenario and we filmed down at Eden. And let me tell you, where I thought the classic me, oh yeah, that's easy. Let me have a go. It's completely different when you have to look straight down that barrel. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. So it's not just reportage. You've actually got to engage. I know. Well, I was on Gone as well many, many decades ago now. And um, I used to find that. And also that you couldn't just be your opinion. You had to be a presenter. You weren't, you're almost more like an actor or an actress rather than yourself. And I found that very challenging that you have to kind of do what you're told basically <laughs> yeah. which, which is which is these you'll, you'll recognize these words so Ari, if you could just say blah 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 but say it in your own words exactly yeah. you'll go, okay <laughs> so i'd say it in my own words yes. but trying to take on board what the director says and he'd say that's good but and, and then we'd go this dance and then in the end you're saying, just tell me what you want me to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. It's a different animal TV, but I, I've i embraced it. And yeah. um, I'm you're very, brilliant on it. I love fortunate. you on it. Oh, yeah. oh thank yeah. you. I um, I think the ultimate compliment is is I've had some nice people in, you know, when you're at Chelsea or out yeah. in a fair or something, and they'll say, oh, you're just like the same as you are on telly. Yes, and it's like, yeah, yes. I am not any different. I'm yeah. not. Because yeah. there some people do, as you say, act even more so, don't they? Absolutely. And if you you're not, I'm not an actress in that way. No. no. <laughs> anyway, I, I could I could whisper for hours talking to you. It's so <laughs> nice. But we're meant to be talking about the Chelsea Flower Show, so perhaps we better come on to that for the for the last last bit of this chat. So I suppose uh, you know I God, I don't know about you, but I mean I've been going to Chelsea since my mid twenties, and I'm now I'm now sixty. So I've been going for a very long time and there is just something truly splendid about it, isn't there? And I just thought rather than me saying why I love Chelsea, I really wanted to get somebody that I admire to to describe why they love Chelsea and why they've loved being involved with it in the past and what they're looking forward to this year, I guess. Oh, well, it you know, as you say, it's it's one of those experiences, Chelsea, that I I really do hope that 
a lot of your listeners get to experience. I know every location wise, it's, you know, if you're traveling from the north, we do get people travel well, internationally, clearly, that come to the show. But mm. it is a, it is a show for everybody, albeit I do appreciate it's a high ticket price. And it's obviously people that are coming out of not in London, you've got to get all your hotel, etc. Mm. All of that said, the, the sort of logistics side, if you can get someone to treat you to a ticket and experience it once, definitely. I used to go, not necessarily every year, but when I did work in fashion, we would go to Chelsea because what we would look at Chelsea for is the colour displays, taking lots of pictures and inspiration. The, the, the designers would go down there and this whole feed of the cycle of, of fashion and plant world actually very much is in sync and from the fashion perspective if you think about all the amount of floral prints that are done that we see obviously on our dresses there's a real synergy and of course if going back eons all tapestries all sorts that interlink of textiles and and horticulture are very well linked so i i would go down there and it would be great because you you'd be literally viewing and then yes. as i uh, you know viewing and then taking it in as a, as a as a visitor and then um and then when i started at college obviously i i was starting to go more regularly and would go every year and would just be so excited to be able to speak to a designer i remember queuing up with other people queuing up to speak to Cleve West and, and he is the loveliest man. And now I do know Cleve uh, quite well and you Mm. can now chat with him and the same with Adam Frost, you know, Oh, Adam, Oh, it's so nice to speak to you. And everybody is incredibly friendly. The Chelsea is a little family in terms of the designers, the landscapers, the um, media teams, all of the suppliers. It's, 18 days. Now I know the the, the, the whole schedule so well. Yeah. Now I'm lucky enough to present for it. So it's 18 days of imagine, I always think of it, of imagine like the QE2 has set sail. Yeah. There's, yeah. The destination is press day, yes. is destination, and, and there's no stopping. So it doesn't matter whether you bumped into a couple of icebergs along the way. And <laughs> I remember... I remember being, I won't divulge exactly because I'm sure Chris wouldn't want me to to, to to tell all, but being on, I was volunteering on Chris Beardshill's Garden in 2013 and a disaster struck that was, oh, something good didn't get delivered. And he turned to little old me as part of my fashion background and we managed to get this rectification going on on the garden yeah. from some supplies I knew. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, all I'm doing is handing over a, a, um, a supplier's name. This is Chris Beach, your gold-winning medal, award-winning designer. Yeah, yeah. Please, everything was crossed that, that this would work out, and it did, because there are bumps and scrapes along the way to getting those gardens delivered. Yeah. But because it's such a, a family, and of course it is a competition, but it's a competition that the designers have with themselves, so even if you're sat alongside Mark Gregory on one side and Sarah Eberly on the other and Joe uh, Frost, uh, sorry, Joe, that's Adam Frost, mixing them Thompson, up there. Adam Thompson. Frost, Do you Joe mean Thompson Joe? And, yeah. Oh, yeah, and all of these people, if you're stuck, if something happens, people loan out materials yeah. and there's plant swapping that goes on. It, it, everybody wants this this QE2 of, of Chelsea to keep going. So I've been there as a as a volunteer. Yeah. And again, if people do have the opportunity, the designers 
I apply to all the designers, actually, um, just sending off emails to them and asking them if they needed help. And sometimes they don't and, and sometimes they did. And so that was a great intro into it, which really got me going. And then obviously, like I said, the 2013 experience that we had ourselves. But from the, the media perspective, it is amazing. Yeah. I mean, you have... 15 hours, between about 15 hours of solid TV, which might not sound a lot, but it is. It's a, it's so a if I, ex- yeah, it's a hell of a lot. If I explain to, to your listeners, to make a minute of TV roughly takes an hour of filming, roughly takes an hour in the edit, plus all the to and fro to get there. So if you can imagine we're getting out 15 hours of TV, there's researchers running around, getting the content, stories having to change, the scheduling, you have, you're have you having celebrity guests coming in and out. And it feels like it could be chaos, but in amongst this, the ship's still moving. Yes. And what I love, Sarah, is I love teamwork. Yes. I really yes. thrive yes. on that. Um, that's the thing I found a little bit difficult transitioning into garden design because you know I'm I work on I'm on my own I don't have a team yeah. I work with my lovely friend Helen helps me a little bit with the books but yeah. I don't have a, a studio as such no. so that when you when you when you come into these sorts of environments it's just amazing yeah yeah I mean you you've as you said you've you've been around it for a long time and it's that it's that buzz isn't it I really love your analogy. I absolutely love that there is this sort of massive ship. And as you say, <laughs> it's just got to get to New York or wherever it's going, yeah. come hell or high water, and it will just get yeah. there. You know, there will be bad things and there'll be good things and there'll be exceptional things. But you're right. It's just like everybody's just devoted to to getting it. And it is. it does have such a positive vibe. I mean, I've done two gardens at Chelsea over the last 30 years or so, and um, I've adored doing both of them uh, you know they've been really I, I would never not have done them I'm not sure I'd do another one but <laughs> oh no they're hard well they're hard because you did the radio 2 one didn't yeah, you I did yeah I love that because it was half size I like oh that. but that but you packed it in packed you it packed in yeah. It, yeah. yeah you yeah. packed it in I remember it but the thing with with the show as you say that it, it's it's devotion to to getting out horticulture and and over the years of course there's been a lot of questions and scrutiny about you know the sustainability aspects of the show because we know the show only lasts for a week but there's been a lot of work being done now to make sure that every show garden at Chelsea has to be relocated so I think if people do visit the the nice thing now is you can see it in situ yeah but also know that it's got a life afterwards so that's been a very big positive move um, over the last few years and also as well I think that you know I was asked you know, in that capacity of sustainability, what what do you think? And of course, it's down to us as the designers and the, the landscapers and everybody that's involved to try to make a, as light a footprint as we can. Yeah. However, it is our showcase. It's what actually gives horticulture its relevance to the wider public. And I think given where things are at now, horticulture is beyond important. I mean, mm. you know that. I mean, I'm I'm telling you something you already know, but but horticulture and gardening and the, you know, the wider environment is something that I think has become so important, but sadly doesn't sit high enough on the agenda of our political friends. We don't have to worry about them because we can still 
carry on and make a difference. So something like Chelsea gives a huge spotlight on our industry and some of the amazing people. Yeah, it, it's a nice, it's a great spin-off, isn't it? Yeah, a hundred percent. I actually, in the last week or so, I watched a documentary about the Met Gala Ball and one of the people that I'm incredibly enthusiastic about, not in gardening so much, but floristry, which of course there's a big overlap at Chelsea where the floristry meets gardening. But Jane Connolly, who's the wonderful Irish florist, Mm. has really drawn my attention to the fact that still in the States, sort of doing a big party is about razzmatazz and in a way showing off. And if you have 500,000 white rose heads cut off from their stems, flown in from the other side of the world to make a huge Chinese urn look decorative, that is acceptable. Whereas I really do feel that Chelsea and the RHS are leading the way in a very good way on that no longer being an acceptable way of presenting flowers. And um, so, you know, not just in the gardens with peat free and everything, but, but also in the marquee with the floristry stuff. I think it's such an important leader, Chelsea, at getting the message out and, and the TV, you know, the, the whole coverage of the whole thing. I mean, for me, it's, it's perhaps, I think, the most important thing of my next 10 years is to really, really get that message out that, that we can no longer behave, you know, like that. And there are, there are other ways that are just as beautiful, but you just have to change. The QE2 has to turn around a little bit. The QE2 has got to take a slightly different course and the QE2 is taking a different course. You're so right about the floristry. You know, the RHS has banned all of the um, the, the floristry foam and any of the displays, for example, which is really important messaging. Pete Free, as you mentioned, now I've just took a trip to the States. I thought long and hard about whether I wanted to go because I've not traveled the last few years for a number of reasons and wanting to make sure that if I'd go on a trip, what's what's the reason? Why am I going? It's not just to go and fling myself on a beach, which yeah. would be nice, but you know. Um, and so I wanted to go out to the States because we are lucky on Gardener's World that uh, it goes out on BritBox. So we actually have, yeah, yeah, it's on BritBox. So we have quite an international following and especially from, yeah, from the States. It was great being on the other side of the pond, looking back in on the UK because I get to, whether it's on Chelsea or Gardener's World, you know, I get to talk about these sustainability issues and in the States, they are like revere us because we are so far in their eyes. We're so far ahead. That's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and whereas, whereas we're still banging a gong saying, come on, everybody, we've still got a way to go and everything. So it's interesting that we are leading away. And it's really good that you shared that story because I think our uh, British grown flowers, obviously, movement is beginning to you know, get a louder gong going, if you like. Yeah. And all of these things get, get fed yeah. through trend and necessity for the environment. And and Chelsea can showcase that. This year, for example, Mark Gregory's garden mm-hmm. that he's doing, um, he has been challenged to deliver that with as low a carbon footprint as possible. So he's he's really excited. And I, what I love with Mark is that he's, you know, Harry, he's so, he's so bouncy. You know what he's like. He's, you know, you, you think you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, you can. I'm learning so much. And through that process of Mark's enthusiasm, it's 
still going to look like a beautiful show garden, mm. but the underneath it, it will have not had any um, any concrete, wow. any cement mixed within it. He's using old artisan methodologies to build walls, for example, the plant choices that are going to be there, etc. So Chelsea is a visual spectacle for sure. But there is a huge amount that can be also learned. So I think that's why it's important, isn't it? Yeah, I so agree. Well, I would say um, cheers to that really as our parting thing, which (laughs) is, you know, let's have a really fun and colour and flower filled Chelsea, but one that is also no less beautiful for being as sustainable as it can possibly be. And of course, we're not all there yet, but very much on on the path of progress there. So it's been wonderful to talk to you about it, Arit. And um, I really look forward to seeing you there. And I hope lots of our listeners will, will be going to Chelsea too. Let's hope it's lovely weather and it's at the normal time this year, of course, and with no longer COVID impacting it. And I think it, it's set to be triumphant. So thank you, Arit. And I really hope we can meet in the flesh at Chelsea. We will. I shall make it my mission to do so. (laughs) Oh, it's lovely to speak to you, Sarah. Thank you so so much. much. Thanks so much for listening to Grow Cookie to Range with me and Arit Anderson, all about Chelsea. Next week, it's International Bee Day and Arthur Parkinson and I are both really, really passionate about the plight of the pollinator and spreading the word about what we can do in our gardens to really help them out. And so because it's such an important day in the year, uh, we're going to do a podcast on the 12 best plants that we think year-round good for forage for pollinators. See you then. You can find more information, photos and advice sheets on all the plants and recipes we talk about on this podcast by heading to the show notes or at sarahraven.com forward slash podcast.